A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So Casper, today's episode is a little different than usual. We're going to be talking about endings. And the reason we're going to be talking about them is because we are ending this version of the real question. We will talk more about why and what's coming next in this feed that we think is very much a continuation of what we've been up to. But this version of the real question is ending. And endings are interesting and hard and exciting. And so we're going to be talking about all of the different things that endings are. Yeah, it feels like my favorite metaphor that's come up so often in our conversations has been this idea of the ghost ship that Cheryl Strait introduced us to, right? Like that there are these other lives that you could have lived if you had chosen something differently, but you can't do it all, uh, certainly not all at once. And so that's what we're going to be digging into today as we say goodbye to this version of the real question as one of those ships. This episode is about grief. (laughs) This episode is different than all the other episodes, and it's going to be about grief. Surprise. I'm Casper Tech-Heil. And I'm Vanessa Zoltan. (laughs) And this is The Real Question. So Casper, two years ago, you, Ariana, and I went away for a long weekend to dream up this podcast, The Real Question, because we really believe that conversation and active listening is one of the most radical forms of love. And we, I would say, have had a lot of fun mm-hmm. making this podcast. And I think that this podcast, Casper, has has helped me realize, you know, my atheism is really important to me. And to me, Atheism is not about thinking people who believe in God are stupid. Hmm. It is not about like a fundamentalist belief that science solves absolutely everything. Hmm. And it is actually a deeply spiritual belief to me, atheism. Hmm. It means that what we have on this earth is precious and Hmm. finite. And so it is like a really radical commitment to believing in this life for Hmm. me. And therefore, like tough decisions have to be made. You know, you can't become like the best skier in the world 
and the best cyclist in the world and the best writer in the world, right? Like you have you have to make choices. I can't even do one of those three. That's really unfair. Me neither. <laughs> Me neither. But that is sad. But that yeah. I, I think dealing with that grief is so important. And so this version of the podcast is one of the things that if we had, you know, 27 hours in our day, I think we would keep <laughs> doing but yeah. we can't keep doing this version of the real question. It has to change. Yeah. I've been envisioning a project for some time about helping people find connection through small groups, something that's been really important in my life. And we've already shared with our listeners a little bit about the nearness, but that project is going to hopefully take more and more of my time. And so I'm jumping all into that this fall and, and hopefully in an ongoing way. It's just one of those things when you want to create something new, you kind of have to put your whole heart into it. And I didn't want to spread myself in a way that I couldn't bring everything that I want, that kind of vision and passion and endless, endless emails and databases and editing that, that a new project requires. And so that was a big decision for me. And Vanessa, you've been harboring a vision for something new for this particular podcast that I'm really excited to be listening to, too. Yeah, I think that throughout these two years of working on this project, I've realized that I this is something I'm really passionate about, of how to live a good life and how to live your life knowing that you can't do everything that you mm. want to do. So this new version of The Real Question is going to be asking one real question over and over again for a little while, and that is the question of, should I quit? And when should I quit if I do quit? And very much like I only have one life and I want to not have regrets. And therefore, when should I hold on to something and when when should I let go of it? And I, I just think that there are a lot of forces telling us not to quit. I think mm -hmm. capitalism does not want us to quit because training new employees is one of the most expensive things that a company can do. And therefore, they want you to stay. But they want you to stay as cheaply as possible and as poorly treated as possible. But there, there are actual forces, like the world is designed to make sure that you don't quit. And capitalism pulls on all of these really insidious ideas to do that, right? It pulls on American puritanical notions that if you're failing, it's your fault, that, you know, it's grit and sticking to something that is a virtue in and of itself. I think that there is a lot of propulsion toward that. And as I've been obsessed with quitting more and more, I've realized that that is a question that a lot of people bring to this podcast in different words, right? Should I should I quit trying with my brother-in-law? Mm. Should I quit going to doctors? Should I quit not dating, right? And like staying in this position in my life. These are all questions of how should I spend my life and what relationship does that have to quitting? And so it feels like my obsession aligns so well with our listeners' questions that that is going to be the new version of this show. It is going to be, should I quit with me? And spoiler, everyone, I'm going to tell you to quit a lot of things. <laughs> Not but everything. Only because every choice involves a loss. That's what I love when you talk about quitting is it's about clarifying what it is that you're saying yes to. 
And I think that's the power of quitting is that it leaves space for the thing that's actually important or that's actually life-giving. And so like quitting is the way in, but once you're in, you're actually discovering what am I committing to? <gasps> quitting and committing. Is that going to be the title? No, the title is going to be Should I Quit? But I okay, love that's a title. this. <laughs> I love quitting and committing. Yeah. And I think one of the big things that we're really excited to explore is this question of what values are you living into by quitting mm. or by staying? And so mm. if you're saying, but I want to stay because I want to prove to myself that I can withstand suffering. I really want to investigate if that is a value that you hold dear. I am very skeptical of that value. I am open to being convinced otherwise. But I think that that's going to be at the heart of the conversations that I have with people is, you know, first a strategic question of like, can you support yourself if you quit your job? But the second one is like, what are you able to say yes to? By quitting? What value were you able to live up to by either quitting or not? That's what this new show is going to be, is me talking to our listeners. People will be sending in voicemails with the question of should I quit? And we're going to be really looking closely at it. And I feel like your work with the nearness is trying to get at something similar, right? It's how do we live well and how do we live into something bigger? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I've, I've always been passionate. And one of the places where I've learned that is with you about how can we think about new ways of nurturing our spirituality? Like, I've loved the Harry Potter books. And what I loved most about our practice in the Harry Potter podcast was that it helped us get into conversations that were nurturing. It helped us learn practices that were nurturing. And we were using the Harry Potter books to get there. And I feel like so many of these conversations, even though they're not like officially spiritual, they're touching on those big themes of connection and meaning and purpose and integrity and justice. And, and for me, that's also wrapped up in how I think about what spirituality is. And so the nearness is really my best effort to try and build a new structure in which we can focus on cultivating that sense of connection and spirituality in a regular rhythm together. And so the, the vision is to have people sign up to be part of a small group for eight weeks that meets every week for 90 minutes, in which we get to practice a little bit of centering through breathing and, and awareness in our bodies to cultivate a community covenant. So how do we show up for each other with intention and openness? And then to give ourselves a, a regular time in which we get to cultivate gratitude and reflect on the week, what, what can we be grateful for? And also a sense of accountability, right? We said we wanted to quit or we said we wanted to do this differently. How have we navigated that? Knowing that we're going to fall short, but giving each other the support and encouragement to keep trying the things that matter most to us. And the only reason I dare to do this is because I've experienced it myself in a small group. And it's been, yeah. I think it's like the most transformational thing. I mean, we've joked about wanting to be like in a Bloomsbury group together, right? Like it, these small groups of artists or small groups of activists or small groups of religious leaders too, who give each other that kind of support and encouragement and accountability to become the kind of people that we want to be. And I've learned so much from the guests we've had on the show and the, and the willingness to be open and vulnerable in conversation. Of course, that's being broadcast to thousands of people listening, but I want to try and build a structure where 
thousands of people can be doing that with each other. And so that's really my intention behind this new project is, is to give us all the space where we can go to do that. So if you're interested in being part of it, do go to the nearness.coop. We have eight-week journeys starting every couple of months. So if it's not open right now, there'll be one coming up. So just add your email to the to the list there and we'll let you know when it comes out. But I'll say one final thing, which is that part of me was really scared to step into this new project. I'm very aware of the way in which leaders can hurt people. And one of the things I've learned both from you and Ariana, but also from so many of the listeners is that like I'm ready to do it. <laughs> I think I've learned I've learned enough how we can help keep a culture safe that everyone can show up and share as as much as they want to. And I'm profoundly grateful for that. I mean, you are the most ready of anyone I know to lead a project like this. And and something that you and I are both really passionate about is small groups and it sounds like this really silly thing to be passionate about. Yep. <laughs> but it's, it is about a belief in people and yeah, a belief totally. that if you create the right setting for people and create the right, like, basic norms, that we together can love each other and create something meaningful. And I, exactly think, it, right. I think it's a beautiful belief. And I think that you're the right person to be doing this. And I think, I, you know, the other part of it for me is, like, it's really hard to do by yourself. Like, even if you're organizing it with friends, right. like trying to give some of the structure and the rhythm. And, you know, I was I was thinking about our conversation today because obviously we've been talking about this for a while. And one of the things that I don't think I have mentioned to you yet is for me how important the real question has been as a project that lived and started during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Like, this has been a COVID project, really. Yeah. We kind of started talking about it and dreaming up what the show could be in the fall of 2020 and launched it in the kind of winter spring of 2021. And here we are at the end of 2022. And of course the pandemic isn't over, but certainly life looks very, very different from, from two years ago. And I just realized how wonderful it has been to have this as a, a rhythm in my life. And I hope the lives of our listeners as well, like the conversations we've got to have are so intimate and are so connected in a time when it has felt like there's been so much disconnection. And so like, I was really thinking about it. I was like, my gosh, my, my, my weeks would have been so much harder without us Mm -hmm. getting on Zoom (laughs) recording these episodes every time. So I just, yeah, I really want to thank you and Ariana and everyone listening for, for being part of this like hope sustaining machine, I think that the podcast has been. And what a witness to that we can be together even when we're not physically in the same room because you and I are, are really never recording in person for, for this show. The other thing that I've learned, Casper, is that chaplaincy with a text works. Yeah. That this is like a magic trick. Yeah. And it's always a magic trick that I'm like, is it going to work? Is it going to work? Are we, you know, I, I didn't I didn't preload the bunny into the hat. You know, the idea that someone is bringing a question in two texts. Yeah. And that's it. Like, those are all the things they're going to bring. And that through setting aside an hour mm. and doing some sacred practices, we are actually going to get someone to move forward in this process. I've done this kind of chaplaincy for 10 years, but doing it with strangers and in one hour and on microphone, it like felt like this really high risk 
I, I think you saw, like, this was very stressful for me. Yeah. And yet, because it felt like doing difficulty level a million for me, the fact that it still worked, I think, proves to me that just, like, texts, vulnerability, and active listening yeah. are just, like, a magical combination. And I'm excited for Not Sorry to continue to explore that in more and more ways. But it just made me feel really confident in this beautiful thing that people have been doing for thousands of years. And so I should have always believed in. But it's incredible. It is. And it's such a delicate balance between there are things that people know in themselves when they come with a text and that they're kind of listening to their own voice. And now and then having someone who's not you <laughs> be like, but have you thought about it this way? And then being like, oh my God, I've never thought about it that way is also really helpful. And so like finding that balance between, yeah, helping people express what their kind of inner self knows and also bring a different perspective that can shift the conversation. It's just such an intimate thing. And I'm curious about this because we had a lot of conversations off mic about the ethics of that, right? Of like, this is an intimate conversation and yet it's also very public. And there are many, many shows that do this, right? I think of Esther Perel's like kind of classic example of literally you're in a therapy session with a couple and it feels sometimes to me like too intimate. And I think we've always found the line that I'm really comfortable with on the show, but that's yeah, I'm just curious how you're thinking about that now as we've as we've done this for the last year with guests who we don't know personally. I mean, I think the big thing I've learned is that it's okay that it's hard. <laughs> yeah. You know, I have gotten very stressed and anxious in some of these recording sessions being like my training is setting off a huge alarm bell. Yeah. That this thing that you did not agree to talk about is actually what's going on here, mm. right? That you came on to talk about whether or not you should get a dog with your partner. And I threw like little things. I'm like, it sounds like your dad is abusive, mm. right? And then through chaplaincy, if you're meeting with someone several times or you have just, just the intimacy of it just being the two of you, you can ask those things. But the contract is different when someone has agreed to be on mic. Yeah. And it made me really uncomfortable sometimes. And I think that it was still really rewarding and that often we got to have those conversations with people off mic right. while still putting out an episode that felt meaningful and true and honest and revelatory in some way. And that just because it made me uncomfortable sometimes mm. trying to hold both of those spaces doesn't mean that it was wrong. I think what I learned is that I'm a deeply lazy person and I don't like doing hard things. <laughs> but that it's okay when things are hard. <laughs> but I actually think it's been important for me because I haven't tried something new in a long time. I'm someone who really struggles with trying new things because I'm so obsessed with the fact that we only have one life. And for my 40th birthday, I was like, do you know what? Fuck it. Like, I'm going to try... And I, I requested roller skates for my 40th birthday. And I'm really bad at it. And I, I like had this vision of myself roller skating on the streets of Boston. And for like the year before I got my roller skates, I was like scoping out flat areas because sidewalks in Boston are horrible. And it's turned out that like I still, you know, I've had them for a few months and I still have to go to the roller rink because I'm not safe <laughs> to be out and about without a wall that I can like safely roll into <laughs> to stop. And 
It's expensive because I have to pay $9 to skate. And then honestly, after 20 minutes, my legs are like vibrating and I'm like, I should stop or I'm going to fall, right? I'm middle-aged and falling will hurt. And it's all these things that I'm like, this is hard. This is expensive. This takes startup equipment. It's all the things that I hate. And I do think that this podcast has like built a little bit of that capacity within Mm. me that like, it just is okay that it's hard. And yet also it's okay to quit, right? Like if I were to realize this was dumb, I hate this. It's also okay to like throw the skates away. I'm not there yet, everyone. I'm persevering for now. I was going to say, I'm bad at skating, but I want to go out and skate with you. Oh my God, you should come. It's so fun. Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. So, Casper, we wouldn't be this version of the real question if we didn't bring texts. And so we've brought some texts to explore this idea of endings, right? And I hate goodbyes for someone who's like, everything is about grief. (laughs) Everything has to end. (laughs) Goodbyes really annoy me, especially, I think, because of technology. I'm like, sure, Casper, you're leaving the real question. Talk to you in 10 minutes, right? Like, Like, even when you moved to New York, I was so sad because you and I had lived, we had lived as neighbors for so long. But I was also like, I'll come visit you. You'll come visit me. I'll talk to you. Like, I just hate it. Which we do. We do. But also, it is sad. One of my favorite memories of our friendship was when I came home one day and you were just in my apartment eating chocolate. (laughs) You were like... Sean and I are annoying each other. We're not in a fight, but we don't want to be in the same room. 
Hello. No, we were in a fight. Yeah. <laughs> and right, like I loved being your neighbor or like we would text each other being like night swim tonight and we would just go. Yeah. And so I just don't like it in myself that like rather than being like, oh, my God, this is sad. I'm just mm. like, no, whatever. It'll be fine. It's a transition. It's not an ending. Mm. And so I know that it took me almost two years of doing the podcast to bring Gilmore Girls in to the real question. <laughs> But now that I've done it, I've, like, opened the floodgates, and so I'm going to bring a scene from the Gilmore Girls again. And this is from the series finale. So this is the end of the end, you know, last Mm. episode of the last season, last 10 minutes of the last episode of the last season. So Emily and Richard are the parents of Lorelai, our sort of main character, and they are upper-class wasps. So they... Do not talk about their feelings ever. No emotions. They support people emotionally by writing a check, and then they would like the conversation to be over. (laughs) But Richard has recently had a heart attack and almost died. Mm. And so his Mm. position has changed. And they are attending this goodbye party for their granddaughter. And it's this—the whole town has thrown this party, and it's really beautiful. And their daughter, Lorelai, goes up to them to say hello— And this is the conversation that they're having because it is this goodbye. They're sending off their granddaughter. Hmm. I just can't believe they did this for her. I don't think this is all for Rory. I think this party is a testament to you, Lorelai, and the home you've created here. I regret that you needed to... Richard. Now, let me finish, Emily. I I regret it. And we've... Recent experiences... Oh, please don't become one of those I had a heart attack on me and express my every thought types. Not every thought, dear. Just this one. It takes a a remarkable person to inspire all of this. Thanks, Dad. Okay, that's enough. It's not as though the two of you are saying goodbye. So I love that scene because they... Because... Richard does the thing that I find so hard. He, like, says the sappy thing at the right moment. He gives the compliment that his daughter has been waiting for for 30 years. And Emily is like, it's not like you guys are saying goodbye, but they are saying goodbye in the context of the show. They're not leaving each other's lives forever, but they've had all of these rituals that we've learned about through the course of the show that are ending in this moment. And so I I brought this text because I feel like Casper, this is a new podcast that you're not going to be on. But whatever, I'll talk to you in five minutes. Like, you and I have a call (laughs) scheduled on Sunday. (laughs) You know, like, but I want to be Richard. (laughs) I don't want to be Emily. Mm. And I want to say how much I love you and that I will miss you getting paid to spend time with me. (laughs) Because even though we are best friends in real life. It was fun to also work together and to create things together. And this isn't just an ending of us making the real question together. This is a pause in many ways of us working together in general. We have worked together. Mm. You know, you and I are still working together. You're on the board of Not Sorry. And, you know, but this is the end of us having a weekly meeting (laughs) that we have had for seven and a half years. And... And so I just want to say it takes a remarkable person to build Mm. all this and that 
almost every gift that I have in my life for the last seven and a half years you have touched and I will miss you. Then the Emily part of me is like, and I'll talk to you on Sunday. But <laughs> I will, I know I will miss you. Thank you, love. What text did you bring? Is I that to Emily? Too. I'm like, and move on. <laughs> God, so that is awkward. strange though. We have we have like had a meeting every week for like seven and a half years. That's a really long time. Yeah. Yeah, it's been profound. And, you know, there's so, there's so much I could say and, and no doubt will continue to. But one of the things you've really given me is a family and like a home in a country where, you know, I I don't have that in the same way that I did at home. I, I feel like as much as we're really good friends and co-creators and colleagues, like I think of you as family and that's... Like, I love celebrating in your home. I love being in your home. I love running camp digitally and then dancing to ABBA and watching a silly movie. And, like, that's what I loved about being neighbors was it felt like, yeah, just like we're part of each other's lives in this really intimate, loving way. And, yeah, you're just really cool. And I love you so much. (laughs) (laughs) First time in history anyone has called me cool. <laughs> struggling to find the right words. But no, um, it was, uh, I'm uh, sitting in my Amazon sweats <laughs> and my Harry Potter and the Sacred Text sweatshirt in my closet. I'm cool. Ay, ay, ay. I am so cool. Thank you. Yes. Yes, you are. Yeah. Oh, I love you. <laughs> I love you. What text do you have for us? Oh, I feel like my text is so dumb now, but like, okay, we'll see. (laughs) We'll see what it offers. So, I mean, obviously thinking about endings, being a little 90s child, I thought about the great Seattle band Semisonic and their smash hit closing time. You don't have to to go go home, home, but but you can't stay stay here. here. I know. So good. So good. Such such a banger. But the line that really struck me is every new beginning comes from some other beginning's end. And it's so cheesy and like it's such a cliche, but it's also really true, right? Like it is true. It is true. Like the birth of a new child is the end of your life without kids where you could just go to the movies, right? <laughs> yeah. The the beginning of a new job means leaving the life of being a student or or your old colleagues or you know, starting I don't know, a painting practice means leaving behind the freedom of not feeling shitty about your own work like whatever it is right there's always (laughs) (laughs) not looking at something and being like did i I just waste oil and canvas (laughs) on this that was a feeling i had never had an hour ago now i've had it (laughs) i'm reconnecting with my childhood shame yeah exactly (laughs) 
So there's what I like about it is the cyclical nature of this beginning and ending. So often I think we look at it in a linear way of, right, this happened, then it ended, and then this started. But like there's always beginnings, there's always endings. And one of the reasons I care about ritual so much is that it helps us pay attention to those things, right? It helps us to celebrate the beautiful thing that is finished and that is now ending and to, you know, send something new into the world with with intention and and beauty. But it is also sad. It is also sad. And yeah, I look back at these two years of making the real question and I hope I enjoyed every moment as much as I could. But there's certainly things now where I'm like, damn it, why didn't I savor, savor those weekly calls in, in an even richer way, you know? And I'm really glad that we're doing the pilgrimage together in the spring and camp next summer. And, <laughs> you know, I'm on the board and we have board meetings. Because, like, if it was really all over, that would be too much. Like, I wouldn't be able to, to <laughs> say that. But one of the things, like, meta about this song is the sappiness of it. Yes. But I do think that <laughs> one of the things that endings allows is, like, this sappy nostalgia where, like, when I was in the discomfort of sitting with people and not quite knowing how to be chaplain and podcaster at the same time, yeah. now I'm nostalgic for that growing pain, right? Like now I see that as like a, you know, you have to like tear a muscle in order to get stronger, right? And like now I see it like that. And it's only the ending and the new beginning that allows me to look back on that not only as difficult, but as beautiful. And so I think sometimes you really can't appreciate something in the moment. And yeah. nostalgia and sappy songs like this allow you to look back and be like, oh my God, even the pain was beautiful. Mm. And that doesn't mean that we seek pain, but right, like right. It, we can learn from it or be like, that was actually a healthy pain. That wasn't an unhealthy pain. Peter, <laughs> ironically enough, injured his knee roller skating with me i've not fallen he has and he went to the orthopedist this week and the orthopedist told him this phrase that we both find fascinating which is that it's a safe pain it's not the kind of pain oh. his knee hurts but it's not a pain that is alerting him to the fact that what he's doing is dangerous it is the pain of healing Whoa. And that actually he should be walking and he should be biking. And that's exactly what he was afraid of, right? Is am I recurring the injury every time I stretch it? And just knowing that the pain is a safe pain. I love that. Is psychologically helpful, right? He's now not scared when he stands up and stretches out his leg. He's like, it's going to hurt, but I'm yeah. not furthering the injury. And sometimes it's it's only either with a doctor's diagnosis or with time and nostalgia and looking mm. back that we can be like, actually, that was a safe pain. Mm. It was scary, but it was a safe pain. And so songs like this allow us to have those thoughts. So thank you, Semisonic. I love that phrase. That's so helpful. I also feel like it relates to grief as well in the sense that grief is a pain that's important to feel, right? Like I think not yeah. engaging the grief that we feel is not going to help us out in the long run. And to, to know that there's a safeness to it or, or, or a naturalness to that feeling of loss and sadness and maybe regret or whatever else comes with it. There's something in that that really enriches the sense of what grief should feel like, but it's a safe pain. Yeah. So everyone, Should I Quit is going to start in October. It's going to be a weekly show. There's a form on our website, realquestionpod.com, where you can submit a question. And we're really thinking like, should I quit 
being a dogless person? Should I quit all these plants that I have because they get in the way of me traveling freely? Should I quit flying? It's really bad for the environment. We're really looking for expansive questions on this topic. So it's not just should I quit my job? It's should I quit my identity as a runner? It has been three years since I've been able to run on my ankle and I have not quit my identity as a runner. I, it is still like the thing I tell every physical therapist that I want to do again. I want to run a 10K again. Is there a point at which I like quit that? When I'm mm. 60, <laughs> like, should I do that now? So these are all the questions that we're really excited to talk to you about. And we will get to the heart of values and the nature of quitting and what is motivating us to either quit or not quit. And that show will be here in this feed weekly starting in the end of October. Quit, 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 quit. Quit being afraid of telling your crush you like them and kiss, 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 kiss. (laughs) Well, I'm immediately thinking, is it time to quit hating on Halloween? Should I just embrace it if it's starting at the end of October? No. Yeah. (laughs) You should quit feeling guilty about that. That's the other thing I'm excited about this podcast for is Ariana finally told me I'm just allowed to give my opinion. (laughs) And I've got opinions. That's one of the great things about you. Everybody at home is like, was this the edited version of her opinions? (laughs) Yes. Yes, it was. We'll also be updating the Patreon with some new perks. But the Dear Vanessa and Casper perk, if that's one of your faves, will continue through the end of this year at least. So don't worry about that. But there are going to be some fabulous new perks to sign up for. So do check out our Patreon at patreon.com slash realquestionpod. And check out The Nearness at thenearness.coop. That is thenearness.coop. There might still be spots available. And starting that would be a new beginning. And every new beginning comes from quitting something. (laughs) Come talk to me about what you should quit so that you have time to do The Nearness. I love it. So because this is our last episode in this format, We are both choosing a maxim. And I'm sorry we didn't get through all of them. There were so, so many maxims that were contributed. But this maxim comes from Haley Shulman in New York City. And she writes, there is no such thing as balance, only balancing. Hmm. How about you, love? What is your maxim? So this maxim comes to us from Marianne Glotzer from Newington, Connecticut. And first of all, I adore Marianne. We get to hang out in some of our Patreon perk lands. And the maxim is, I have never regretted doing something kind. Hmm. And I don't think that she's pulling this quote from this, but one of my favorite pieces of writing ever is a graduation speech that George Saunders gave called Congratulations, by the way, which is actually, I really think of as a sermon about courage and kindness And that the only thing you'll regret in your life are the moments in which you were not just cruel, but indifferent in difficult moments and that you weren't, didn't step up to be courageous and kind. And anyway, I love this sentiment. I love that piece. And yeah, be brave and kind. Mm, That's beautiful. For the last time, Casper, bring us home. (gasps) You've been listening to The Real Question. 
This feed will be taking a little time off, but it'll be back with Vanessa's new show, Should I Quit, in late October. We have a big shout out to our BFF tier patrons, Laura Lorber, Amanda Schramm, Effie Howe, Ashley Mayle, Eloise Faring, Mary Margaret, Stephanie Federwish, which is still such a great name to say, Jenny Cruz, Kristen Hall, Becky Boo, Bitty, and Ari. We're a Not Sorry production, and our executive producer is our unsung heroine leading us fiercely into battles new, Ariana Nettleman. We're mixed by Erica Wong, our music is by Nick Ball, and we're distributed by Acast. Thanks as ever to the fabulous Julia Argy, Nikki Zoltan, Lara Glass, AJ Aramas, Gabby Iori, Hannah Rehack, Stephanie Pulsell, and most of all, you, Vanessa Zoltan. And to you, Casper Kyle. Bye, everyone. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer after for years to come try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee plus get 15% off your first order at bowlandbranch.com code buttery exclusions apply see site for details planning for your next trip elevate your travel style with quince quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway like european linen premium luggage options buttery soft italian leather bags and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands plus Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.